0: So as I said, we are talking about the parable of the sower and getting down and dirty. The reason we said you got to get dirty is, is really the question this month as we look at this parable is what's the condition of my heart? And that's something that you and I typically aren't interested in asking. It's very difficult to say, what's the condition of my heart? Some of you involved with our Life Together groups last week asked each other. Some of you asked close friends, hey, where do you see hardness in my heart? We talked about kind of hard-heartedness last week. And, and it's an act of courage to say to someone, where do you see this in my life? How do I, how do I have a hard heart from your perspective this week, we come to it, and we're, we're looking at shallow soil. Let me actually read the parable for you. I'm going to read it out of Mark. Again, I've encouraged you to, if you've been here, I've encouraged you to read. This parable is, is three times, it's written three times in the Bible, in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, okay? Each one of them has an account of this parable. You should read them all uh, if you're into it, and it's, it's Mark 4, Luke 8, and Matthew 13, I would encourage you to read all of those on your own through the week. I'm going to read it from Mark chapter 4. Just go ahead and listen along. We're going to start in verse 3. Listen, Jesus said, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. The birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns. When it grew up, it was choked out by the plants so that it did not bear grain. Still, other seed fell on good soil, and it came up and it grew and it produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, or even 100 times. You remember, we actually started a couple weeks ago talking about the good soil because we, just in starting the year, we wanted to say, look what Jesus says is possible. Uh, there's three players in this story. Jesus used stories so that we could remember them, so we could remember principles. There's, there's three players, right? There's three, three characters in the story. There's the farmer or the sower. There's the seed that gets thrown, and then there's the, the soil that receives it. Actually, there's different kinds of soil, but largely there's just those three players. And the question for you is, is where do I fit in it? Let me tell you a couple of, a couple of, of problems. Typically, uh, y- you might hear a parable and you might just say, ah, it's so confusing, I'm not even going to try. Right? I don't even want to figure it out. Uh, Others of you, maybe you've been a Christian for a while, and you kind of understand how these stories work. God is usually in the the picture somewhere. Uh, People are in the picture somewhere. And there's always a a bit of a plot and a good guy and a bad guy, right? And and most of the stories kind of roll out that way. And if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, typically you kind of think of yourself as the good guy, and you kind of think, okay, where's the good guy in the story? Where's the good guy in the story? Where am I? Where am I? Oh all right, that's where I am. Now everybody else is bad. And and I want to encourage you, don't read scripture that way. Listen to the word. Not only is it is it arrogant, but it but it's not it's not what Jesus says in the story. And you and I also often are looking for The quick and easy solution so I really don't have to listen. And what Jesus says over and over is listen. Listen. Okay? So, uh, getting to this, where we started. We started with the, the good seed, or the good soil, excuse me. And Jesus ends up with it and he says, When the seed lands on good soil, it can produce an amazing crop. And so, what you have in the story, and Jesus explains it, he says... God, the Father, is, he's the farmer, he's the sower, and he sows out his word. The seed is the word of God, it's the truth of God, it's what he has to say, and he he scatters it on all kinds of soil. It lands sometimes on hard soil, and sometimes on crummy, shallow soil, and sometimes on soil that's full of thorns, and sometimes it lands on good soil. And he says the only time that it grows up and produces a real crop of abundance is when it lands on good soil. So if, if you're interested in hearing and if you're interested in seeing God do that in your life, your question and my question ought to be what? How do I become good soil? What, what kind of soil am I? And, and how do I become good soil? Don't think of this kind of as like a, a Hindu caste system where you, whatever kind of soil you are, and that's just what you are, right? You got to ride it out. Uh, if you're bad soil, if you're crummy soil, your soil, it's the lot you drew, right? It's the, it's the spot you're in. You can't, don't think of it that way. Think of it as, I want to be good soil. What kind of soil am I now? Or what parts of my heart are crummy soil? What parts of my heart are hard soil? What parts of my heart are good soil? In? Okay, so... So God's the farmer, the seed is the word of God, and the soil is you and me. We're the context, we're the people on which the word of God lands. And the question is, what's going to happen when the word of God comes your way? And and this is a picture I took in Ethiopia a couple of months ago. Uh, There they grow a lot of grain. And to be honest, the soil there did not, I should have had a picture of the soil, but the soil was, was not, exactly appealing to me as good soil. But the proof is in the grain, right? The proof is in the produce because, because it multiplied abundantly. And what we saw is that these heads of grain, kind of like Jesus was talking about here, literally one seed grows up and you, you crush the head of wheat and it has literally on average about 50 kernels of grain, And so when a seed falls into good soil and it grows up, it produces much multiplying produce. And if those seeds get replanted, it just, it goes on and on and on. I was thinking about that. And to be honest with you, I think I judge the surface of the soil a lot. I look at soil and I take a look at it and I think, well, that's crummy soil. Or that's hard soil. Or that's good soil. I don't know anything about dirt. I don't know why I would think that, right? But I, but I look at the outward appearance and I think, well, that's going to work. That's not going to work. And and I looked there and I would not have picked that as good soil. And yet, it was good soil that produced. See, Samuel, in First Samuel, he, Samuel says of... God, he says, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And so, what you and I want to ask God is, God, what, what's the soil of my heart like? And am I willing to receive Your Word? Because this is what's possible. And and my desire for you is that you take one step closer to this or two or three steps closer to this, all right? Last week we talked about the hard soil and seed that lands on concrete is often crushed even by the sower, right? Like you just, somebody walks past and it just crushes it and it kills it right there. And that seed just never even takes root. And literally what it says is that the birds of the air come down and the enemy just snatches it away. The enemy takes it away. We talked last week about the fact that that a lot of times lack of fear for God, lack of fear of God. If you weren't here, um, one of the reasons why many times we don't even notice the word of God is because we just, we have no respect, no fear of him, nothing. We don't even care what the word of God says. And maybe you've spent seasons of your life like that. Or maybe you're here and you've been a Christian so long and you've put yourself in the good soil box so long that you don't even listen to the word when it comes towards you because you know it in your mind anyways. The truth is, when you're like that, you don't actually know the word. You just know about the word. And, and he says, don't be like hard soil. I was talking to uh, my buddy Spencer and we were talking about this hard soil. And he says, sometimes I think that people don't even, they don't even notice it. Like, almost like if a, if a bug comes and lands on a horse's back, you know, a horse doesn't even notice it. Or a little pebble against a rock wall, like that rock wall doesn't even notice it, it bounced off. How many times has the word of God come towards you and you're just hard-hearted towards it? You don't even notice it. It doesn't even take effect. This week we're talking about the shallow soil. And let me read it again. It's in Mark. We're just going to read verses 5 and 6. Some, that's of the seed, fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Have you ever seen this happen? something grows quickly and it's amazing and the plant looks alive and healthy and next thing you know is dead and you don't understand it you got rain and it got sun and a plant isn't supposed to do that right and on the surface everything looks good because it's planted it's growing next thing you know it's gone Have you ever seen people receive the word of god that way have you ever received the word of God that way? Maybe you uh, became committed to, to, you heard the word of God, you're like, yes, I gotta, I gotta keep that and, and you run with it and the next thing you know, it's a few months down the road and you haven't thought about it at all and it was very real and true to you and yet, man, it just withered away and died. Have you ever seen a friend maybe hear about the gospel and about salvation, they receive it quickly, and and it grows, and and it just changes. And your friend no longer wants to be around you or go to church, and it seems like they are even hard, more hard-hearted towards the gospel than they were before. So, what is this about? Shallow soil, do you know, is actually better to to have a seed hatch in, or to have a seed. Um, sprout in shallow soil is actually the best situation for a seed to come to life quickly in. And so, here in the context of church and faith and Christ, a lot of times we see people quickly respond to the gospel. And and shallow soil is is that way because it's warmer, uh, with the rocks underneath, and it warms up quickly and it stays hotter at a nice hot temperature and. And things sprout quickly in it, like weeds in the crack of the driveway. You've seen them. They sprout up quickly, and then it gets hot, and what happens? They wilt and die, right? They wilt and die because there is no water. There is no nutrients. There was just a little bit of shallow soil in there, and it sprouted quickly, and it looked like life, didn't it? It looked alive. Sometimes there are even flowers that look beautiful for a season, and then they wither, and they die. And so shallow soil is actually a perfect place for, for seedlings to hatch. Uh, I worked a lot with gardens in Africa and we, we planted some gardens out in different areas and we bought lots of seedlings. And seedlings are actually designed to be in just a, a few, just a couple inches of, of soil and they grow to life. What would happen if the seedlings in the greenhouse down at the Home Depot, what happens if they stay there all season long? they die because they have no soil. They have nowhere for their roots to go and get deep. So I want to talk a little bit about shallow soil and some of the symptoms of it because I think what you'll see is in your life, you might have some symptoms of being shallow soil. All right? And, And some of these things, they're just natural and they're even great. They're even perfect for quick life. And what we have to do is we have to say, okay, if I've got shallow soil and I've got quick life growing out of shallow soil, how do I take that and transplant it into to deeper soil where the soil is cooler and where it, my roots can grow deep? Does that make sense? Okay. So some symptoms of shallow soil. You know, uh, not only is obviously it's shallow and it's warmer and it lacks depth, but, but everything happens quickly. That's the first thing. And you might be this person. Everything happens quickly. Seed falls on it and it springs right up. And it looks alive and hot. Maybe with you, everything happens quickly. And you make quick decisions and you, you change jobs because that one is definitely going to be better than the one that you're in right now. And you make a quick decision and it's not long that you're there that you realize this isn't all that it was cracked up to be. Because you had lunch with this guy, and, and he said it would be great, and all the promises, and it, it never, never came true. And so what do you automatically start thinking about doing? Letting that one wither and die, and jumping over to a new job, right? And, and quickly, from, from job to job to job. Or maybe it's from relationship to relationship to relationship, and things spring up quickly and deeply in love in three weeks. And I'm going to be with this person forever. And you're amazed when it quickly fades. And things happen quickly. And it doesn't matter whether it's, it's people and relationships or jobs or apartments or houses or things. This next purchase is going to satisfy me. This next lease, this next car, this And decisions are made quick and they quickly spring up to life and they quickly die. And maybe that's you. Everything is quick. You know, uh, I do a lot of uh, counseling at times, like marriage counseling and um, premarital counseling. And uh, Crystal and I will do that together. And, And usually after it, we're always kind of amazed that you know, God uses two totally normal people uh, to counsel other people, right? Because we're married as well. I always say Crystal thinks it's really funny that I do marriage counseling, right? And um, she wants to, we want to video record what we say and then watch it at night together over and over and over. And, but the reality is, is that that we as we as people often look back to the sprouting of things. And we're like, oh, if it could only be that way. Right Right when love was just blooming, right when it was just starting. And a lot of times in marriage counseling, or we often look backwards instead of looking forward. Like we, we look backwards to when things are just starting and say, oh, if it could only be like that, as opposed to looking forward and saying, what if our roots could grow deep? We got a picture of a tree with deep roots. And often we look to when the... The bud is just starting, and it's just blossoming. And and ra- rather than looking to a place when our roots go deep, our roots go firm. Maybe we don't have that picture. Um, what I want to encourage you is when you're tempted in difficulty, especially if you're that person who longs for quick. Don't believe the lie that that quick new life is as deep as it gets as opposed to the long-term, deep, rich life. Because it does get better, not only in marriage and in walking with Jesus, but the, the more that your roots are even bigger than what is seen on the surface, the deeper and deeper and richer and richer it gets. Eventually, you, you decide to move from this early phase of love and bloom and you you move to what is deep and rich and long. Eventually with Christ, you decide to center your life around him and quit expecting him to center his life around you. Isn't that how it is at the start of things and everything centers around you? And you realize that the more that I center my life around him, actually the deeper and richer it is. And that's really into the second thing, that shallow soil is always primarily concerned with itself. We just keep talking about relationships since we are. Often, uh, and this was true for me, uh, like for the first decade of my marriage, um, often you, you just are consumed with what you're getting. Right? And so talk to people who are getting together, and often they are thrilled with what they're receiving. I'm receiving a husband. I'm receiving a spouse. I'm receiving more income. I'm receiving uh, someone to absolutely make my life just wonderful. And and that's true. And that's right. And there's, there's something about like the shallow soil springing up that, that is good and right. And, but if it always stays there, what happens? That's going to fade away because everything you're receiving isn't perfect. Everything you're receiving isn't butterflies. Everything you're receiving isn't all what you've expected it to be. And if it's always about what you're receiving, it will always get difficult and you will always let it wither and die and go find a new one to receive from. And, and that's exactly the same with the shallow soil. In the, in the scriptures, in Mark, there's two words used. And in 4.16, if we can put 4.16 up there, here's how it says, receive. It says, others like seed thrown, like seed sown on rocky places will hear the word at once and receive it with joy. And that word receive uh, is slightly different than the one that is used with the good soil. The good soil, uh, if you have NIV, it says, accept. a few verses down, it says the good soil accepts the word. This one receives the word and they're almost identical except for this. The, the good soil accepts the word for what it is. It accepts the word Period. And the good soil, or the, the rocky soil, receives the word for how it can benefit it. It receives the word for how it can use it. It receives God's word for its benefit. And if you start a marriage in a way where you just, you receive your spouse for what's good for you, it's pretty normal. All of us do that. But it takes a while to get from that me-centered relationship to a we-centered relationship to where I'm here for your good. And that's when the roots start to grow deeper. In the same way, if you receive God's word for what's good for you, you just can't help but do that. If you come here and for the first time in your life, you feel like, I heard the truth. I heard that my sin can be forgiven. You mean that it's not about how good I am? It's about the fact that I'm loved and forgiven and that God, he was not only holy, but he paid the price for my sin. You've got to be kidding me. It's too good to be true. But if you receive it, and it's always about you and what you're getting, you will be like shallow soil. And when trouble comes your way, your plant will wither and die because no longer is it good for you. Um, Some of you uh, grew up in different family systems, and as you've come to Christ, your family has rejected you. They've said, I don't want to have anything to do with you anymore. Like, you can come here, and you can't bring Jesus. Uh, You can be here for holidays, but don't, don't talk anything about what's going on in your life. Some of you have been fully rejected from your families and and this word that is great life and great joy trouble is coming your way that 's exactly what mark says or exa- exactly how Jesus describes it. If you go down uh, to the next verse uh sorry four sixteen and seventeen here 's how he he teaches out the parable he says uh, others, like seeds on a rocky place, they hear the word with joy and they receive it with joy, but since they have no root, it lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Trouble and persecution will come as the word begins to grow. And if you have shallow soil, it will quickly fall away. And it doesn't matter whether it's receiving Christ or it's, it's something new that you learned. Let's say that you came here in December. Remember in December, we talked about love evolution, and we talked about receiving God's love and it's a dramatic change of how we orient ourselves towards life. And we heard about giving to others. We heard about making an impact as we go through life. We heard about giving financially into God's kingdom. And let's say you decided to do that. Let's say you received that word with great joy and you said, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna, I don't give, I'm gonna give and I don't serve, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna start going down to open door and I'm gonna serve. And listen, trouble is coming your way. It will only take a few short weeks for you to realize that you don't have as much time for yourself anymore, that you got rid of a little bit of your expendable cash that you didn't have before. And trouble is coming your way. And if you don't have roots that go down deep, a few months later, that stuff won't be in your life anymore. It will have withered and died because your roots don't go past the very shallow surface. Shallow soil is always primarily concerned about what's good. And eventually the, the buzz of giving will, will fade away and, and it won't be about you. You're, you won't be getting good anymore and it will fade away. This is what it was like kind of with the crowds around Jesus. In John 6, uh, Jesus had just fed the people uh, miraculously. And in John 6, 25 and 26, they, Jesus has left them. They've gone across the lake. And, and the, the crowds figured out that Jesus had gone. And here's what he said to them when they found him. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Like, man, it was kind of like you tried to lose us, right? You tried to ditch us. And how'd you get here? And and Jesus answered, he said, very truly, I tell you, you're looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and you had your fill. He said, you're not here for me You didn't see the sign and say, that's God and I need more of him and I need my roots deep. He said, I gave you lunch and you want dinner. That's why you're here. And if God gave you lunch and it started to sprout and you want dinner, I'm telling you, it will wither and die. It will wither and die. I know it because I've seen it in my life and I've seen it in some of yours it will wither and die. And so what we have to do is we have to say, okay, God, how do I receive the word and let it sprout and make sure that I move my roots to deep soil, to get it to the place where there's deep, rich, healthy, watery soil. Okay. Here's the three things that the the seed did in in the soil. Or here's the way the soil received the word, the good soil. It received it, it. So it it received the word. It retained it. It held onto it and it persevered in it. Those are the three things that it does. And shallow soil receives the word and it even retains it. It brings it down into it and it starts to grow. And what shallow soil does not do is it does not persevere with the word. It does not get down deep into the um, into the Lord and into uh, the water and the nutrients and everything that it needs. And so let's talk about some of that here at here at K two or here at K two. We talk about FTO. There's three things we talk about. We talk about focused. We talk about tight and out there. That that the good soil that produces fruit. That fruit in our lives is focused on Christ. It's tight together in community around it, and it is out there. It is in the sense that we are always on purpose. We're on mission at at work, we're on mission in our communities, we're on mission in life, we're out there talking about Jesus, living him out, giving generously, that that is what we do. And that's what fruit looks like. And so, so when we talk about persevering, um, there's a couple of ways that I'd really like to, man, encourage you and tell you, you should be involved in if you want to persevere. And here are a couple of them. First of all, we do Life Together here at K2, and it is really the primary thing we do. One of our leaders said at a meeting we had last week, a training meeting, he said, Sunday mornings are great. He goes, they're fantastic. He goes, but the place that it really gets good is in Life Together. The place that it goes from being me, hearing, to some, ide- hearing some ideas, pondering them, and the place that it goes to the next level where, where I'm really vulnerable with some others, and I say, man, help me help me work this out. I'm really struggling with this. And you wrestle it around and that God takes you to the next level. That happens in life together. You need to be involved with a community group. We have seen over and over and over that when people get in in community in life together, that they go to the next level, that they take the next step. That could be your next step. Uh, Another thing is that intentionally getting deeper into the word uh, happens when you when you intentionally are in the word over and over and over. It's, like, it's kind of like physical training. Um, one of the guys that I was speaking to a couple weeks ago was training for uh, an Ironman. And how many of you, you know that if you have a task in mind, if you have like a, a 5K or a 10K or you have like a bike ride or you have ski season coming up, I think it's still coming. It might have just gotten here. Um, you, you have something in mind and you, you get in shape for that. Or or maybe it's a a wedding and you want to fit into that outfit and the wedding is coming this summer and you want to... You have a goal in mind. How many of you does it help you to train with an end in mind, right? Some of you. Okay, two of you, four of you. All right, Uh, me and four others. So some of you intentionally do those things. You intentionally go to those weddings. You intentionally run those races because it's good to have a goal in mind. Well, the goal in mind that God's word says is he says difficulty is coming, kind of like the Iron Man. Difficulty is coming. This guy said, listen, it's not exactly enjoyable, right? It's a, it's a long couple days. It's, he said, you, just, you know there's puking and passing out and all kinds of pain coming your way. And these guys do it over and over, and they actually have to train to that physical level because if you're not ready for it, when it comes, you'll do what? You'll back up. You'll wither and die. You'll quit. And so what God's word says, he says, trouble is coming. There's going to be the time coming when you are, because of the word, you're rejected. Because of the word, you lose your job. Because of the word, you you have trouble coming your way. And if you're not ready for it, you'll just bail on it. And so one of the best ways to get your roots deep is to over and over daily, Get your roots deep into God's Word. These are called soap journals. We've got them out there. Uh, if you don't, if you don't daily dig into the Word in a way, I'd really encourage you to pick one up. Go get one. They're $650. Buy one. If you don't have a way, I use a different one. I, I mean, I use a different notepad. Um, but we want to encourage you this year to get into the Word. To say, God, I want my roots to go deep. I don't want to be shallow and just hear it quickly and spring it up to life and then remember the word, retain it, hold on to it. And what I'm actually going to do is I'm actually going to talk through uh, just a soap journal that I did this week. Uh, If you were here last week, we talked about hard soil and that often it's the fact that we don't fear God that creates hardness in our heart. We're not even open to God and his word because we're just so hard towards it. And a lot of you uh, gave us feedback about that because we don't often talk about the fear of God, and some of it verbal and some of it even written. A real struggle with the idea that that God is someone that we would fear because maybe you grew up in a, a religion where you were taught to fear everything, and so I want to I want to go through this. We we call this soap. It stands for. It's just a daily way to, to spend time in the Word, and you don't have to use this acronym, but it's a really helpful one. It's just Scripture observation, application, and prayer. That's all it stands for. Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. It could be like a a 10 to 15 minute thing, or it could be a two-hour thing. But it's not rocket science, but it is supernatural. It's not complicated, but it'll totally transform your life day in and day out. And so, What I want to do is I actually want to walk through this, a way for you to hear the word, retain it, and continue to get your roots deep in the word of God. Does that make sense? So let me just read through. This is the passage that I looked at this week. Matthew 17, actually verses one through nine. Jesus has, uh, he's just taken away his disciples, uh, the kind of the, the three closest to him. And it's Peter, James, and John. He's taken them away up to a mountaintop. And what happens is they get towards the top and some of, some of Jesus' deity just shows up on him. He literally begins to glow like God, literally gleaming white. And his disciples who were with him, they just hiked with him. They just drank water in the brook with him. They just, they spend tons of time with him. They're watching their teacher who they're with all the time reveal a little bit more of his glory and And there, there's other prophets, Isaiah, that show up around him and and they are in this amazing god moment and Peter it seems like it 's even clumsily he, he blurts out one translation says he just he blurts out, uh, jesus, what should we do let' let 's erect some uh, shelters for you, like some, some monuments to you in this moment and And this is what happens out of Out of a cloud, it says, while he was still speaking, a bright cloud came in and covered them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down on the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and he touched them. Get up, he said, Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. And so what I did is I read that passage. And what I'm telling you that you ought to get in the daily habit of doing is picking up a journal, picking up some way to do it. Do it on your, do it on your iPad. Do it. I don't care how you do it. Grab, Grab some way of reading and writing and read the scriptures. I read it in a few different translations and sat with it for a minute. Just kind of quiet. Then I opened it back up. And I just started making observations. Okay, so here's some of the observations I made. And some of them are right there. Uh, Not every disciple went up. You know, there was 12 of them. He took three of them. I know that later in the story, those three are kind of his closest and they end up kind of being the followers that that end up becoming kind of the leaders of the rest of the disciples and the followers. But not everybody went up. He went up and away. He went far away, quiet. It took effort to get there. And again, this isn't rocket science. This is just me making notes as I'm thinking through the story, okay? There was a lot of shining going on. He shone like the sun, dazzling white, bright cloud came over them. Made me think of Moses when he was with God on the mountaintop receiving the Ten Commandments and he came back and his face literally glowed of God, the Shekinah glory of God. And so just again and again, I know that there is something bright and white and pure about God and that's what I wrote down. Peter blurted out. He filled the moment with awkward talk. Let me do something for you, he said. Isn't that crazy? I just sat and thought about that. Like Peter, of all the things, like like God of the universe, let me do something for you. This is what God said. He said, Jesus is my son. I'm pleased with him. He said, this is mine. This is, Jesus is God. He is deity. Listen to him. And, and all the while in my head, I have this sermon and Jesus saying, he who has ears to hear, let him listen. Fear was the response to God, the father speaking. When the cloud spoke, when God the father spoke, terror on the floor, face down, terror. If you go back through the Bible, every time God speaks and humans hear it and they're in his presence, on the ground, face down, terror, every time. And Jesus, their rabbi, their savior, he knew their fear. He said to them, don't be afraid. And he lifted them up and he was with them. And so, my applications, and they could probably go on and on, but I'm so often like Peter, and I blurt out in the silence and I talk when I should shut up and listen. And I think that I can do something when I ought to simply sit and receive. And then I noticed that that Jesus was the one who said, Don't be afraid. When I'm in God's perfect, holy presence, because I'm sinful, fear is a natural response. It just always is. But God, who is perfect and is holy and knows my fear, sent his son, Jesus, to be the mediator between me and him, to take away my sin and to take away all fear. And 1 John, like we said in December, perfect love casts out all fear. And it was only then that the disciples... Do you know what their insight... If you go ahead and read it, I'd encourage you to take Matthew 17 and read it. Because what they do after that is they start interacting plainly with Jesus about the fact that he's the Messiah. He's been telling them that he's the Messiah for years and they didn't get it. They come face to face with God in fear of him and they walk away changed and strangely united to Jesus and to God and understanding his plan. And so... Here's the thing. I'm a busy guy like you are. It's really easy not to get to that. It took me about 20 minutes. God wants to speak to you. He wants your roots not just to spring up for quick life and fall away and, and a year later we get another piece of word and that'll last a little while. He wants you to have long enduring life in him. Man, this week we would love for you to start. And Life Together is a great place to do it. Start start with some friends. If not, um, grab one of these Bibles and grab somebody to to get together with every week and say, let's talk about what God is teaching us and how he's leading us. And, And let me say this. Comment up here at the front after the first service. If you're a Christian, if you're a Christian and you see some places where where you know that there's real life growing up in you and you see some people who are spiritually getting their roots down deep, uh, you know the difference often between quick life and deep-rooted long life. And the comment was made up here, sometimes you, sometimes you see people and they receive it quickly and the thought in your head is, Phew, I wonder how long that's gonna last. And if you're a Christian and if you know this, Man, we ought to be all about helping people translate, transfer their their new life to deep waters. Could anything be more evil than being someone rooted in okay soil and growing and and growing more and more all the time and looking at someone who's trying to grow in shallow soil and saying, huh, that stinks and just growing on on your own. Could you imagine if you had the ability to to get them over into good soil next to you? Maybe you do this. Maybe you're like this. Maybe you daily spend time in the word. Who are you taking with you? Do you think it's all about you? Man, help someone else to get deeper and deeper in the word. Let's not live these lives where we're just one plant out on our own, doing our own thing. And let's really help each other. I need your help being in good soil. You need each other's help being in good soil. Otherwise, we can be a lot of shallow, short lived grow up quickly, fade out fast people. Let's actually come together and go deep into the soil. Let, let God's word go deep into our lives and let's encourage each other towards that, all right? Today, we're gonna close. Uh, with the word and some worship. And I would really like for you to join me in a way of reading and taking in scripture that literally is centuries or even thousands of years old where people would read the scriptures together and respond. And so would you stand with me? And we are going to, we're going to read the scriptures together. Uh, You and I are going to read together as a congregation the stuff that comes up on the screen And then we will have some readers to read back to us. And I'm going to pray now. I'm going to pray that God would just help us to receive his word. And I'd like to encourage you to just say, God, would you speak to me and speak to my heart that as I go from here, and God, that's what I'm even praying right now, that you would speak to our hearts, that we'd receive your word. God, that we wouldn't have shallow soil, And small roots. That we would take the life that you've begun in us and we would head for deep soil. And let our roots go down deep. That your word would grow down deep into our lives. God, that's my prayer. Would you speak to us now from your word? In Jesus' name.